Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hello and welcome to Real Talk on Agency Operations with myself, Steve Anderson, and Ryan Deeds is uh, with me in the studio today. We're uh, talking today about functional areas in an agency as a framework that we're going to be using as we talk about different topics uh, throughout the different episodes that uh, that we'll have on this podcast. Ryan, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Always glad to be here with you, Steve. Um, I think that these are critically important for fundamentals, this is this is the blocking and tackling in a lot of cases. This is where efficiency will start for organizations. Y- you cannot do crazy fancy stuff if these basics are not taken care of. If you don't have a strategy for the these, then it's it's very difficult to move to that next level. So I'm excited that we're talking about that this morning, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping to pass on some good information. I'm sure you will. So let me give you a little background of where these come from. I'm going to run through the list real quick, and then we're going to go back and talk a little more in depth on each one. So these six different areas of agency operations really grew out of a consulting tool called an agency productivity audit. Mm-hmm where actually a series of almost 100 questions in each of these areas scored based on their response to the questions and then giving an agency that goes through that process actual real measure of, okay, where are we in comparison to... Kind of current state stuff, yeah. And the way I always have put this together is it's based on my idea of an ideal agency. Mm-hmm. So nobody ever gets 100. That's right. Right? Because I'm looking It's always know, moving. That's It's moving always time. moving and that's and that's right. why it's not statistically valid because right. it's always moving. I'm changing the questions every year. But it is an indicator and it gives an agency an idea of kind of where should we focus? Where are we behind? Where are we ahead? What what can we do there? So that's where this came from. So let me go through these six areas. First is management of technology. And again, we'll come back and delve in a bit more about what's actually in these areas. So management of technology. Give is me not- a high-level overview. As you go through this, okay. give me a high-level overview of what, what you see those as. Uh, management of technology is what do the agency owners think about technology? Mm-hmm. Are they supportive? Um, do they provide input? You know, what what's the overall management philosophy idea behind the use of technology is technology a plumber yes okay right is the it department keeping the that's right machines running that's right or as we'll hopefully get into a little bit is it a profit center is it a value a value add to the moving the business forward So technology administration is the second one. And this really is a, a bit around the idea of auditing. And, you know, you have procedures. Does anybody follow them? What about, you know, I know data is a huge thing for you that we'll do a whole separate episode on. But part of that comes here in terms of validating what's going on there. Technology infrastructure is number three. That's the nuts and bolts, right? right? What kind of servers do you have? What are uh, your are desktops you, are running? Are you clouded or are you in-house? Are you, are you yep. hosted? Or are you hybrid? What's, what's your backup? Right. You know, do you have, yeah. you know, power generators? What's your disaster recovery plan? And I have to say, I, I won't give the agency's name right now, but a large agency in Houston had an opportunity to talk with last week. And their entire office, I think five floors in an office building is uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. Because what they didn't realize in their disaster recovery plan was that all of the building environmental Mm -hmm. 
mm. was in the basement. Mm. And they were on uh, and one of the bayous there that flooded that significantly. And so they're in trailers there. So all kinds of things. They had lots of stuff in place and they learned more. So what does that look like for right. Right, an agency? Uh, marketing and sales technology, number four. That's, a, that's one that I, is interesting as heck to me because it is not one that we would have seen five years ago. And my whole view here is, I'm going to say two things. First, this area is almost always the lowest score in an agency. And lots of reasons for that. But technology in today's world needs to have a significant impact on marketing and sales. And I, those are two separate areas. Marketing is one area, sales is the other area. And when we're talking marketing there, we are not talking marketing to carriers and marketing business. We are talking marketing externally, brand awareness, getting our name out there, drumming up business. Yeah, the way I would phrase it is, it's prospect building mm -hmm. and management. And mm -hmm. I sort of don't like the prospect management name but it's the idea sure. of how do we find people out there that want to buy what we have to how offer? do we fill our pipeline how do we fill our pipeline yeah. right all of those kinds of things and most agencies don't effectively use technology to manage that process organizational communication so that's a lot of internal communication that's uh, actually a lot of procedures uh, we talk about there and for me the fact of the matter is that a every agency has procedures because their E&O carrier requires it. Few agencies actually monitor, audit, and enforce the use of those procedures. And that impacts all kinds of other areas within the agency organization. Right. And I think that talks to, to culture hugely. I mean, it's a, it's a wide leap from w the first scenario to the second scenario mm -hmm. laid out. Yep. And then customer experience management. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is all your customer facing. Could be your client portals. Could be... Just email management, right? Some simple things like that that go into creating what customers today perceive as a great experience. And I actually changed that term uh, or the title for that section a few years ago from customer service, right, to customer experience. Because I don't believe that agencies need to provide customer service anymore or it's not a distinguishing factor, right? right? It's entree point it's you, you got to be where your client is how do you get there you got to be on I, I think that those last three the marketing and sales technology organizational communication and customer experience management are all critical to success but are also new it's 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 difficult for agencies to get their head around i mean so that's kind of the the, the okay. overview and as we continue talking with you know, various aspects of, of agency operations in general, these are the areas that I, that I will continue to go back and say, okay, here's where this makes a difference. So let's kind of go, and we can jump around here if you want, but I, I want to talk about management or ownership philosophy to technology. Love it. And, and I've seen a lot of change, I think, mm -hmm. over the last few years. I think prior to that, many agencies, and size does make a difference here in terms of sophistication or... Uh, being able to manage larger organizations. Resources. Resources, yeah. right. But a lot of that mindset was, well, that's the IT department. They just keep the stuff running. That's right. Right? And I think there's still a lot of that out there. 
I do too. I think that that is, that is changing. I mean, when I talk to organizations and it's funny, I think that when you, as we start looking at this, there are certain key elements. So I'm always looking at an organization's philosophy behind technology. And one of the first questions I ask is what's your perpetuation strategy? Because so often perpetuation strategy dictates your uh, technology philosophy. Those that are trying to perpetuate internally to pass that stock down I have a much more vested interest to implement technology because at the root of it, technology, when we say technology, what we really mean is efficiency, right? We say technology, but what we're conveying is we want to become more efficient and we want to have more capabilities with either the same amount of staff or be able to marginally increase staff, but expand capabilities drastically. And so for the, for the folks that don't have good perpetuation in place, or they're ultimately going to sell out talking about independence specifically, they're a lot less inclined to have a open philosophy to technology. I mean, do you find that it's true as well? Yeah, I do. And, and I think the issue there is Average age of an agency owner uh, is actually dropped one year, according to Reagan's best practices, latest best practices study, which is a good trend, mm -hmm. right? But it's still 58, 59. And so what's the incentive? What's the incentive to invest in technology, right? Again, that's a broad mm -hmm. term, and we're using it very broadly here. What's the incentive to invest? What's the incentive to change when, you know, in a few years, they might be able to sell out, you know, perpetuate. And if they don't have a perpetuation plan, then their perpetuation plan is selling to That's right. one of the larger and, and aggregators or brokers or whatever that actually looks like. And those individuals are much less concerned about eking every dollar they can out of it because um, they've already made the majority of their, their investment money back. I do think that there is a trend upwards. I mean, we see larger agencies going full bore into technology as a, as a side business almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's several that are standing up their own, their, their own technology centers. And so I do, I think that you've got to have buy-in from the top for technology strategy, efficiency strategy to be put in place. So you have the folks that are actually going to be leveraging that know what the expectation is and why why we should put that in place. It's a much more difficult thing than just say, hey, let's go get technology. But trying to judge that is such a difficult thing for outsiders. So I always ask, as you're looking at your own agencies, you know, are you progressive in that technology space? Do you feel like your agency is one that wants to push that envelope and is not afraid to take some risk. Yeah, that's a that's a topic near and dear to my heart right now. And, and I think the idea there is if you're not experimenting and actually failing some, then you're not moving forward. I have um, failed way more than I've ever succeeded, I tell you that. I mean, you know. And, and I think the question then is, Ryan, what have you learned from the failures? That's right. Right? That's right. And how have you been able to take that knowledge and put it into the next iteration mm -hmm. of, quote, the failed project or... And that's so counterintuitive to most management or owner thinking, no, we've got to protect against all risk, when in my view, in today's world especially, there's a risk of action, no question, but there's also a risk of inaction. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think the risk of inaction is getting bigger than the risk of taking an action. And so 
that's a whole other big topic that we can talk about, but it, it really applies here in terms of it does. a management it, mindset that's right. that's it, within right. the uh, organization. Because it, it, it's kind of pointless if you don't have management buy-in or owner buy-in really initially to try to do cool tech stuff. And so it's always, as you evaluate the agency that you're with, try to figure out you know what their strategy is and it, are they somebody who, who really wants to, to move forward in that way? Because mm-hmm. those that don't, I believe, will, will not exist in five or ten i agree but that's i think well and actually you know let me let me pause on that and push back a little bit because agency owners have been told since 2000 99 you know wait you're going to be replaced you know all the online stuff and so they have reason to go yeah we've heard that before and my question is is this time different and if so how or why uh, they don't know. The, you know, the problem is that the agency owners are not in technology, and so they, they do not have any concept in some cases of how transformative this will be. I think there's two key technologies that have changed the, the landscape for insurance agents. Insurance agents used to have a value proposition that said, I know more about my local risk than the carrier does, and I can place that risk more effectively with the right carrier based on our knowledge. Well, with IoT, which is the Internet of Things, which is just a lot of sensor data that's out there, and our ability to consume that using technologies called big data allows the carrier to totally pivot and change their, their risk analysis. And so I think that that, that is going to be a, a very different outlay. I, we're already seeing a large uptick in M&A because some of the smaller organizations are not able, they understand that they're not going to be able to make that transition over time. I just a few days ago saw that they have now released an online portal at CNA website, mm-hmm. CNA Insurance for uh, small business, uh, BOP, and work comp. And the quote I was looking for, so I'll paraphrase it, was that they have streamlined the quote process and have been able to add from third-party data sources a lot of information into their quoting. So CNA now is allowing a consumer, right, a business owner to go online at their site and get a quote. Sure. Now, what they say is they're still committed to the independent channel Always. because they can't bind the quote. They have to go through an agent. Right. But here's what's happening, I think, is the carriers are saying, okay, all of this stuff is happening out here. Our agents aren't keeping up with it. We've got to do something. So we'll, we'll do it for them, provide them the lead. That says something about the agency force in terms of, okay, we've got to well, I mean, I think, they're trying not embracing. To, I think they're trying not to rock the boat while the transition happens. <clears throat> I think it's it's pretty straightforward when, when you look at how difficult carriers make it for agencies. I don't believe carriers are our friends. <laughs> I think that if they could say, yes, we'll take the agent out of the mix and we'll sell direct, that would be their preference. I do think for the progressive agent that provides true value, quantifies that value effectively and has true expertise, there's always going to be a place but you're going to have to define that much more purposefully. I do think one of the interesting things about the management of technology is all the other bullet points that you have here are, are determined on what the philosophy of technology they is. They are. It kind of flows down, doesn't it? Does, it? it does. It uh, does. Because if you don't have that, then all of these other things aren't going to work. You're going to be putting out fires. I mean, when you look at technology administration, in your definition, that's going to be data correctness. That's going to be processes. That's going to be flows. 
if you don't have the technology philosophy in the organization, you're not going to put the work in to do the administration. That's going to be Correct. just a reactive kind of thing that your IT department's at that point going to be dealing with putting out fires. Yep. Um, if you're a hundred person organization and you've got one IT person, eh, you can kind of dictate what the philosophy of technology is. Yep. So we talked a little bit about, uh, already about marketing and sales and kind of importance and that this is the area I see is the mm. least impacted by technology. What do you think in terms of changing demographics? So let me go back to Reagan Consulting Best Practices Study. They indicate that the average age of an agency producer is 49 and a half. What does that tell you? I think that there is a, a shift that's going to happen. Typically, production has been driven by producers. That's what we've had. We've had a million-dollar producer that comes up. He's the big boy. But that million-dollar producer has a hard time scaling to $3 million. I believe that progressive agencies will use marketing and sales technology to institutionalize some aspects of the business, which become more profitable because they're not paying commission to the producer. Some of the larger organizations, some of the larger brokers yeah, are, are, are effectively getting slot-rated programs with carriers to automate the sale from the consumer directly to the carrier, but maintaining the agency value proposition in the middle, which is excellent. But I've seen strategies where some organizations are trying to put in 15 or 20 of these different products, and that could be um, short-term rentals. Anything with limited exposures that you can go to a carrier with and get kind of a slot-rated product that you can then have a form that your customer fills out, that's money because you can scale that with no uptick in operational overhead and still write that business. Plus, at that point, you can target that automated uh, tool to whatever niches that fits the most effectively. And I think that's what I'm excited about. When I see marketing and sales technology, to me, it's not near as as much about how do I get my producers out there. It's more about how do we change the way that we sell business to have an additional revenue stream that may be producer-less. Yeah, and I, th I think, again, I think you've identified there are particular types of products, services, markets that lend themselves at least currently more to that type of process. I'm excited about uh, the marketing also from the internal account development, mm -hmm. right? So I include that here in terms of marketing and sales. Unfortunately, most agencies, certainly producers, you know, they work hard at building the relationship. They work hard at selling the account. And, you know, that check comes in, it clears the bank, the account settled, and what happens to the producer? Hmm. Well, they go on to the next one. That's right. They next move one. on. And so you've built all of this relationship uh, up to the point, and I kind of describe it as, you know, going to the altar, getting married, right? Right. Great. Boom. And then taken off before the honeymoon. Right, the reality sets the in. The reality sets right. in, that's right. and I think that's a huge mistake in terms of ongoing account development. So that's that whole onboarding that we mentioned the last right. episode, and we're gonna talk more in detail about, but continuing to build that and having true marketing automation, mm -hmm. right, so I'm, some terms, marketing automation, campaign management, that allows the agency to go into their existing book of business and subtly and consistently tell people, hey, you know what? Your deductible is 500. It really should be 1,000. You can save a little bit more money. Well, what are we doing? A positive touch, helping them, providing advice. We say we do that, but we really don't. Right. Right. So uh, that's all part of data. Again, big wrapping issue around all of this and thinking through, okay, how can we continue to build relationships? And it doesn't 
have to be one-on-one, face-to-face. I believe very strongly you can use high technology mm-hmm. and create high touch. Well, I think that's a huge difference between, so, you know, if we were looking at a producer 10 years ago, that producer's tool set was a golf bag, the way he communicates his inherent understanding of the business. Today, it's much more his inherent understanding of the business or their inherent understanding of the business and the application of the tools the agency has to minimize the cost of risk overall for organizations. So the tool belt that the agencies have now are filled with technology. So the good producer figures out how each of those solutions marries up to the risk that he's trying to address for that customer, kind of putting together the perfect meal, so to speak, um, for each client that they have. And I think that that plays a large role into that because they have to know what's there. They have to know what tool solves it. It is a relationship game still from the producer, but you're not going to just win on relationships. You know, I'm seeing capabilities that we've never seen before. If that's client-facing analytics, if that is, you know, doing trends, if that's other business services that are offered through the agency. I think there's so much more today than just here's your insurance, you know, here's your premium, and we'll move forward. Well, and obviously that's where technology is having a huge impact on our clients, right? Whether they're personal or commercial in terms of their expectations and, and the things they're trying to solve, right? The problems they have that they're trying to solve for their own clients. So organizational communication. So internally, right? And again, the larger the organization, the more difficult that is. One of my um, favorite topics right there, I, buddy. <laughs> I, and I think you and I agree on this one, that uh, email is the biggest productivity drain in an agency, and it is probably the worst internal communication tool. Um, I call it internal spam, employee-to-employee communication. So Give us just a picture. Again, I think we'll probably delve in deeper in a whole episode, but kind of how you have thought about this and and, uh, help your organization. So I think it's funny. Inside the management meetings that I've been in, which have been a multitude, we constantly talk about how do we effectively communicate to employees? You know, how do we get that message across? And what I've come to realize that if you have an engaged employee, it doesn't matter what mechanism you use to communicate. There are more effective mechanisms, obviously. Everybody gets inundated with email, so by the end of the day or by noon, people are only looking for things that are really going to impact their job. They're not looking for for information out of email. It just kind of gets passed over. I think there's a lot of collaboration tools out there today that can really affect an organization. But like any tool, you know, if you try to drill something in with a hammer, it doesn't work very effectively. You know, you've got to sit down and figure out how do you bring this in. And that would be like a Microsoft Teams, Slack, Skype, any of those collaboration tools that allow folks to communicate in a more open way. That's part of that internal communication or organizational communication. I think one of the things that people always, that they don't see the correlation between is data and communication are tied together. If you can use data to show your employees what piece of the organization they have responsibility for, what you hope that they can deliver to push your organizational goals, that's implied communication. You're not having to tell them every day. They're coming into a dashboard or some kind of thing that shows them where they stand. So when you look at communication overall, I think it has to be a strategy that's all-encompassing. It's not just we're going to do X or Y. Because I think one of the things uh, in the organizations I've been a part of, changing the way that we talk about data changes our ability to communicate effectively. So can you give me an example? 
Sure, absolutely. So if you look at a account manager from an organization with no data, they come into work, they have a list of stuff that they have to do on their desk, maybe it's paper, maybe somebody shoots them a report, and they have to work off of that. They're not seeing the, the large picture of how they're moving the needle. For us, if we have, our goal is 8% net new growth, and each of our account managers and producers has that on their dashboard, so they see, okay, if they started their book at $100,000, if that book has grown to $108,000 by the end of the year, they know that they're doing their part. It helps explain, you know, if they're, if they're down to 95 you know, on their book of business, they know they've lost 5%, but you're showing that. And as soon as you show that and you show somebody where you want them to be, they strive to hit that. At least the employees that you want to retain strive to hit that. Yeah, I think that's a great a great point. I think dashboards can be a great tool for transparency and visibility within the organization. And, and your point, just to emphasize, is people see it. They know that's the goal. They can work toward it. And again, that's all based on quality data to be able to show that That's right. and put it together in an effective way to be able to communicate. That's right. But I've had account managers come up to me on a morning and say, hey, man, my dashboard, it shows that I lost $20,000 for the business. Where'd that go? I mean, that's cool. That you know, if you have an awareness of that, you know, because some of these folks really buy into it. Obviously, you don't get that throughout the whole organization. But if you can get that for 15%, 20%, you're really able to identify your lions much more effectively. But it does. It speaks to a, a lot of culture work underneath that to yep. get that right. Absolutely. Well, the last one as we kind of wrap up this episode, customer experience. And already mentioned, I believe customer service is table stakes. It's just, you know, getting in the door. Customer experience is what keeps people with you. Uh, and the phrase I use is that people don't really remember what you did for them, but they remember how you, you made them feel. Sure. Again, onboarding and, and some things there are just really key. And again, on the agency side, really embracing where are clients today and are we dealing with them the way they want to be dealt with? Uh, one of my hot topics that we can uh, go into more depth later is uh, electronic payments. I, I don't write a check anymore. Yet in an agency... Do we accept credit, debit, right. ACH? Typically not. Typically not. And right. again, there, that's the depth, right? It's it's hard for an agency to do that. That's right. And are we really striving to try and solve that problem because people want to pay with right. their debit card? That's right. Right? Well, I think defining what customer experience means to each organization. You know, I, I've <laughs> there's so much technology out there today that does stuff. And it's almost impossible for us to keep up with that, as we'll discuss in other elements. But... So my strategy is always not to be bleeding edge, but to be relevant, right? I don't have to have the coolest and greatest. I just can't have my customer experience be so bad that it, it makes us look archaic. Um, that's getting harder and harder to do, though, as we move forward and as people are getting used to stuff. As all the lemonade stuff comes out and people are like, oh, wow, I can get that with one click? Okay. That's changing their expectation of the customer experience that we have to deliver to them to remain relevant. So I always try to keep that in my head, the balance between cutting edge, bleeding edge, and then relevancy and where does that sit. Um, and there's no question there that, that balancing that is a key, a key idea, a key issue. So we'll, again, we'll have an opportunity to talk in, in more depth about uh, the whole customer experience and, and where that goes. And, and I do think 
what we really haven't touched on here is some of the limitations that our management system vendors Mm -hmm. impose on us because of their perceived, at least, lack of staying relevant. Mm -hmm. So customer portals and mobile mobile app access and, and access to data and that a customer would want to be able right. to see, right? And notifications and text notifications and all kinds of things there that are really, they're not even new. Right. But, but I they're think new that, to us. Well, they, there hasn't been a big push because there hasn't been a lot of competition. I mean, you've had two key players in that space for so long. But I do think that with the tech canaries that are coming out and these other platforms that are built, built on Salesforce that are much more nimble, that, that either costs less or the same as these legacy systems, um, that it will push the systems, the, the other vendors, to do more. Again, it comes back to the agency then being able to put the processes in place to be able to take advantage of that. I think right now, if you had processes in place and you were like, yes, I'm ready to start doing this, there's technology all over the place. I just think that that's some, some frosting kind of stuff if we haven't created the cake yet. Yeah, that's uh, I totally agree. And I think... A lot of times I've seen in the management system vendors, some of the new vendors mm-hmm. really focus on the gee whiz, mm-hmm. you know, and that's good mm-hmm. to a point. It's not good if they haven't gotten the base workflow. Right. If they don't set. have a place for exposure details, that's a problem. It's a problem. I mean, if they don't have the that, accounting system back in, the integrated, it's a problem. And so I, I evaluate those with a grain of salt always. I like to understand the capabilities that are coming forward. Typically, the change uh, that I'm going to lose in productivity cost is not worth migration at this point. Mm-hmm. I do think that we have to be better at constantly analyzing, looking at vendors every year, determining what we're not doing that others are able to do. Not just staying with a vendor because we've been there forever, but saying, yes, we're staying because of these reasons. Yep. And, and that sounds like a whole other episode that we haven't that's actually right. put on the list yet. So, Because uh, <laughs> that's such a core piece uh, in, a, in virtually every agency, right? Their mm-hmm. management system, whatever that is. That's right is a core piece of how they operate on a daily basis and is a enhancement or a, uh, a problem. And I think it goes back to something that you've said, you know, technology is not the solution, right? It's the adoption of that technology. It's the, the buy-in from the users. Every agency that I work with says, oh, our agency management system is terrible. Well, they're not. I mean, they, they all do pretty much the same stuff. The folks that are more effective at using it are less frustrated. Right. Right. No question. (laughs) Yep. Well, I think we'll wrap things up for this particular episode. So we went through uh, in in a bit of detail of these six functional areas, management of technology, technology administration, technology infrastructure, marketing and sales technology, organizational communication, and customer experience management. And as we continue to talk through questions and issues, this will be the overall framework that will plug those things into Uh, as we move forward. So thanks for listening to the end. Uh, Appreciate it. Uh, Any questions or comments, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. This is Real Talk on Agency Operations with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Please send us your questions and comments. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by NDO Technologies. NDO provides insurance agents and brokers a fully digital application, renewal, and accord submission process, creating a first-rate client experience. With less time needed to collect, rekey, and process applications, agencies using NDO can deliver more value to their clients. To learn more, go to www.useindio.com.